Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Inner Fight Podcast. I hope you've had an awesome week, and I hope you've trained hard and also recovered well. If you haven't recovered well, then this show is going to be even more ap- applicable to you. We talk a lot about training. We talk a lot about pushing the limits, but we haven't spoken a lot on this show about a very important topic, which is recovery. I have with me today quite a familiar voice to those of you that have listened to the show before. Tom Walker, I think he's probably into double figures the number of times he's been on the show. And we're going to talk all about recovery. We're going to talk about how you should be managing your sleep, different foods and supplements you might want to consider. Things like ice baths, stretching, mobility, and as important as all of these things, we're also going to talk a little bit about mental recovery. Recovery is important no matter how much training you're doing. It's not only training that causes you to get tired and get stressed, but it's also your daily life. So some of the recovery protocols we are talking about today, you may want to activate or take advantage of or incorporate in your daily life, whether you're training or not. Stress comes in a number of different ways, as I've spoken about on a few different shows, and these recovery techniques that we're going to serve you up will help you in a number of different areas. This week's show announcements, don't worry, I am back in Dubai and on a proper mic, not in the jungle, not on a GoPro, although that was quite good fun, and I actually recorded a show, a five-minute show all on my GoPro, which I might release in a couple of weeks. Anyway, it is good to be back, although it's not for too long. I'll come to why later on. Actually, before I kick off with this week's announcements, I've had some interesting feedback and comments on my weekly blog, The Inner Fight Way, all about AirPods. Go and check it out. If you don't get our weekly mailer, you can check out my weekly message over on innerfight.com. If you wear AirPods, if you have worn AirPods, if you're thinking of getting AirPods, you need to read those few words and then abuse me like a lot of people have if you want. In the gym, we have just wrapped up last week, testing week, which paves a really nice way for a lot of the different programs we've got. So people that have realized that they want to get better in gymnastics, there's two gymnastics classes, per week, people that need want to get a bit stronger or need to get a bit stronger, they were exposed to that in testing week. Then obviously, pure strength class, which runs on a Wednesday evening. Same thing for weightlifting, which runs on a Tuesday evening as well. So there's lots of different options is what I'm saying. If you're happy, if you weren't happy with your results from testing week, then you need to get involved. Testing week is super important. If you are not a member of the gym, but you do follow a fitness program, I strongly encourage you to give yourself some testing criteria that you may visit from time to time, hopefully on a regular basis. On the endurance side of life, we are out again on Friday, this time to Europe. There is a couple of races this weekend, Ironman distance, full distance triathlon that we're following. Our own coach, Tom, is racing in Roth along with two other endurance athletes. There's guys racing also in Nice. Rob Jones and I are racing in a car from Geneva to get there, to get back to the endurance camp, which is taking place in Chamonix all of next week. If you're still looking for something to do next week, I know it's Eid week here in Dubai, which reminds me as well that there's a slightly reduced class timetable here in the gym. 
the gym basically will only run classes during the morning, 30, I believe. Double check on MindBody, double check on the website as well. All the details will be there. We are in Chamonix for the whole week, taking people up and down the mountains every day and also, as always, mandatory some stream ice swims. If you want to know more of what's going on, give Rob a shout. Come over. It's Eid. There's nothing else for you to do. That is the announcements for this week. Let's jump into this week's show. This is episode number 814 of the Inner Fight Podcast. Recovery with Tom Walker. No matter where you are in the world, thanks a lot for tuning in. Let's jump into today's show. Tom, are you recovered? In ways. <laughs> In ways. <laughs> We're actually ironically recording this show a few weeks before it goes out after Tom's had quite a large training weekend, mate. Let's not worry too much about that. Let's worry more about where we're going to kick off. What's your go-to sleep plan for recovery? Oh, it's changed over the years. Uh, the two key things I would advise for people and also do for myself is if you want to sleep deep, make sure the room is cold and make sure there is no light coming in from anywhere. Mm. It can go on, Egyptian cotton, <laughs> <laughs> all of those important things that Holly's actually instilled in our sleep rituals routines yeah yeah it's quite um let's backtrack a little bit mate and let's understand maybe from maybe you've got a scientific point of view maybe you've got a practical point of view of what really is recovery we can definitely science it up but i think with the the minds of our listeners or the listeners in mind i think you recovery is when you're back to a point of homeostasis or if you're at a baseline let's say where you're able to achieve the stresses of the day that you want to achieve how do you know what your baseline is and therefore get back to that state of homeostasis this is the great part where a lot of the wearable tech has come into play these days your whoops your aura rings your hrv resting heart rates blood markers this is what people actually believe to be their resting or basis to go from mm. where in fact we're learning more and more now, the more these wearables get used that actually it's more of how you feel yeah. over any kind of metric that you could put on it. I think that's maybe one thing that might come up quite a lot during this conversation is, is, is the feeling. And if we hop back to what we we're talking about there, sleep, I don't really... I've used wearables. I remember starting with a Fitbit in about 20, I think when it first came out, about 2012. And you actually, it was incredible. You wore this almost neoprene wrap around your wrist. Yeah. And then you clipped this Fitbit onto it. So it was almost like a, it wasn't quite as big as a pedometer, but it was almost, that had that feeling. You were clipping this Fitbit onto you. Yeah. yeah. And then, surprisingly i think it did sync via bluetooth but i might have had to sync it via usb yeah definitely Not, USB. yeah should have been <laughs> <shouldn't it? laughs> probably was. anyway it used to tell me 
And I don't think it's changed that much till today, despite these big tech companies saying that they have got a little bit more accurate, but you used to tell me how I felt. And then I thought to myself very fast, which is my initial point here, is if you wake up and ask yourself how you feel, you normally have an answer. I feel good. I feel, it's normally, I feel okay. To be honest, people I speak to, it's either I feel okay or I feel like shit. <laughs> Sadly for a lot of people, it's yeah. not, it's not, I feel good. But then there are those rare days where people wake up and say, you know, I feel absolutely amazing. So that awareness of feeling we've probably had for, for quite a long time, right? Because suddenly in the last 10 to, 10 to 15 years that we actually had these things trying to tell us how we felt. Yeah. yeah. So isn't that where we should go back to immediately? <laughs> Yeah, I think it's such a, if, if you need a whoop or whatever to tell you that you're ready to go that day and that gives you more confidence, then what's wrong with it? The problem is when you've set in stone what you want to do on the day, but then a wearable is telling you that you're not ready to go, mm. then the, the sticking point comes. So I think there is a place for them, especially if you're willing to track with a non-bias, but as humans, we are very biased in, uh, in what we believe. Mm. So, yeah, I think you're probably right. We should first learn what feeling is and then start using wearables to help, whatever they call it, biohack it. We'll come to a bit of biohacking maybe later. <laughs> maybe we'll leave that to the others. Let's try and link a bit of recovery to life and the living process. You, turn, you said you spoke about returning to a state of homeostasis. Why, why is recovery to important to to us as humans the amazing thing about the human body is if it's not in a if it becomes being overused if you take for granted any part of it eventually it will break or it'll slow you down so that you can't perform the way you want to so if we look at a musculoskeletal standpoint muscles require nutrition they require um, blood flow they require release of tension and if it doesn't get those things then it will you'll either pull a muscle or it'll get to a point where it'll it'll cease working through um, cessation of exercise your brain as we all know what it feels like to work a really long day at the end of the day you cannot focus how you'd like to so you what people love the term brain fog you eventually get to a point where you just can't concentrate on what you want to anymore and you will if you go on long enough you'll eventually fall asleep um, so that's a neurological standpoint even more on a deeper level of neurological standpoint if you over stimulate yourself without giving a rest so let's say you watch tv for 12 hours in a day um, at a certain point your eyes will start to either go into a blurred type of vision or you'll start twitching <laughs> there's a few levels you can Sounds get to ideal. Um, from a hormone level if you don't get enough rest and you constantly use caffeine or um, other stimulants to keep yourself awake going then your hormones will eventually start to ignore the signs and you know in, in long term um, damage shut down or stop secreting what they should be so on every level our body requires recovery there's no way of shortcutting around it you in the end the body will always win and will always get its way of recovering which might resonate with a lot of or hopefully not a lot but some people who have almost reached a stage of what's been loosely or in my opinion 
well, it's correct, but it's a little bit of a, a strange and not very attractive term and maybe not correct in a number of ways, but correct to a lot of people. I'll get to the point where people get diagnosed with, with something like burnout. Yeah. And literally people come to back from doctors and what, what's wrong with you? I, I'm burnt out. Like it is true because of what you said. We've, we've used certain parts of the body. The eyes is a great example. And it's funny, the word burnout and burnout, because when our eyes are super tired, we feel a burning sensation. I'm not sure <laughs> where that actually comes from. I don't know. I've got it right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's been, this is the second podcast in a row. <laughs> endurance athletes they're not very conditioned for it but we we get to that point where we have a doctor tell us that what you're talking about is actually happening the doctor can run a few tests we see what we generally see mate these are these actually quite important to highlight because people still will go down this route despite getting up day after day and feeling like crap we'll then get to a point where we're like okay we'll go to the doctor to be told we feel like crap but they will carry out some some tests what what are the general markers that we look for like blood markers, you're looking at like white cell counts, which shows you're fighting an infection. Um, blood glucose, I think this is really fascinating and something I paid a lot of attention to towards the back end of last year is under stress or when you're under recovered, you're, you become so much more sensitive to sugars. You will both crave them more and you both process them badly um, more. So blood glucose levels are really interesting, mm. uh, fasted. Um, resting heart rate, uh, heartbeat, Time between beats, which is your HRV, your doctor might look at that, or they, they might do a full gas ECG. Uh, people, a lot of people with overstress develop uh, heart arrhythmia, which is amazing that you can actually bring that onto yourself through your own <laughs> your own means and ways. A lot of people think it's genetic, but actually, you might be doing a, a whole lot to bring that on for yourself. So, if you ever get into a situation where you find that you you feel like your heart maybe skipping a beat or suddenly a massive thump followed by a normal heartbeat, you might actually be on the road to giving yourself heart arrhythmia, which is actually pretty scary, but amazingly common in this day and age. Yeah. Um, I think then. Doctors, depends where you go. If you're more looking at like a holistic type of doctor, they're also actually looking at like hair, skin, nails, yeah. how you're answering questions, you know, your love for life, if you like, which, you know, we have here called Smash Life. Are you, mm. are you up for it? Like that's the, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things. Yeah. Um, another one for males, talking of being up for it, you yeah. know, in the morning. That's yeah. a great sign. Yep. Uh, morning wood, if you like. Uh, (laughs) there's a load of holistic ways of looking at it that probably beat the the more scientific um blood marker ways or yeah i think you can pick them up on them quicker than in the end going to a doctor and getting a whole uh hormone panel or blood panel you can probably tell in the earlier signs if you go to someone more holistic who knows what they're looking for they'll probably be able to tell you sooner than you realize it's somehow sad that we have to be told we've spoken about two things that tell us although the answers all lie within but i think there's some really good markers that you also got there mate like skin rash i am carrying one at the moment a little bit of cold sore yeah, my yeah. lip yeah it's always f- for me i think it's a combination of being in a state of fatigue and also being exposed to the elements because lots of what i do is outside and I get a lot of wind burn and stuff but i always come off the back of hard training or or a challenge with with some new decorations around my mouth which doesn't <laughs> look too good also uh, skin sort of further 
in other areas as well. You might get rashes and stuff, which all sounds a little bit rank, mm. but you know, not just not just sort of dry eyes that we're used to and stuff around your your lips. People see lip cracking and cold sores quite a lot, yeah. but we also definitely see people's skin in different areas. Rashes might just start coming up for for absolutely no reason. Yeah, you see a little bit of. I don't know if you notice a little bit of change of activity in your sort of in your bowels as well. IBS is yeah huge sign of stress. Yeah, absolutely huge. Yeah, which people normally put down to they've eaten something bad. <laughs> That's the best part, right? Is if you bring up any of these things, people have a reason yeah. for it. You know, so maybe you you're getting worse bad skin, like as a a young 20s if i was stressed i'd get really bad skin but yeah. you, oh no it's what i've eaten or it's you know, teenage spots yeah you can just put it down to uh, yeah. is what it is but actually when you reflect back and you really think about it it's like oh yeah i was under big stress morning of a big presentation you might have at work you might feel like you have ibs and maybe it was the night before you had a glass of wine to calm your nerves to get to sleep you could blame it on that but it's probably down to stress right <laughs> <laughs> so lots of different markers and lots of different things that we are increasingly quite good at ignoring but obviously tom and i would encourage you to be increasingly good at paying attention to so if you are feeling any different in your skin if you're if you're peeing any different if your bowels are empty in, in a different way different sensations i know that sounds a bit odd different sensations going to the toilet but i think it's super important to be really in touch with that let's look at how we can aid recover. We spoke initially about sleep, mate. I want to revisit that. You said two or three key things there. You said super dark room. If you're mm. unable to do that, maybe what I'm looking for, eye shades. Yeah. What's the what's what's the thoughts there on on super dark room? And it, you don't seem so sold on on the <laughs> eye shades. I hate them. Um, so really interesting is when we 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 imagine we receive light only through our eyes but actually our skin has receptors in light receptors in that also yeah. receive light and people probably heard it actually you've probably experienced this when maybe you go on holiday or, or lucky enough here in dubai but if you go outside in the morning and you sit outside as the sun comes up you can actually feel or you might notice that through that morning into the afternoon you have maybe some incredible energy that's because your body circadian rhythm is timed in with the earth's circadian rhythm so as your body is waking up it's getting flooded with sunlight and the skin then suppresses melatonin which actually helps the other hormones that get us up and going to come to the forefront and we wake up with the world if you like yeah anyone who's sat in the morning with the sun on their face it's a really good feeling for a reason when we then let's take the opposite of that and the sun starts to set and we move indoors and stick the lights on and watch a TV or stick a phone a meter in front of our face. We're still putting light into your eyes and also around your skin and your body is now saying, well, we want to put melatonin out, the hormone melatonin out into your um, bloodstream and start to calm you down, move into more rest, digest. However, this light is telling us that it's daytime, so we're going to suppress it. That's when you find it harder to fall asleep. So a dark room means even if you've gone, if, you, if you're looking at light right before you go to sleep, it means that when you do get into the room, you've now blocked all the light off and your body can then just go, okay, now we are in darkness. So it's time to get to sleep. If you want to really level yourself up, you should be dimming lights as you get closer and closer to bedtime. And then as you get 
into the point where you're going to go to sleep, everything should be blacked out and your body is then in a, if you like, safe environment to really get down into deep sleep. You actually reminded me, mate, last week one of my light bulbs popped and last night another one did, so they're naturally <laughs> dimming themselves. <laughs> I need to get those fixed. But lights on dimmers is, is quite a, a key thing for for that as well like bringing bringing yourself down and then a lot of people sleep in hotel rooms are, are actually tragic for this aren't they there's really so many different bits of of light coming in whether it's alarms under the door or stuff like that so number one when it comes to sleep let's get rid of as much light as possible the second thing you shared was something around temperature yeah. always remember this in Tim Ferriss's, I think it was one of his first books, actually. He was one of the first guys that I really heard talking about sleeping at about 18 degrees. Mm. And I've pretty much done it since. I try to keep this office at about 18 degrees, but it seems that a lot of the <laughs> staff don't like it. What's, what's the story? What's your favorite or what's your go-to temperature? Colder, the better, yeah. I find. And it's, again, it kind of sits in with circadian rhythm is as we in the dead of the night your body is at its coldest not that doesn't mean you goes a lot it's like a degree yeah difference um so if you're sleeping in a hot room and your body is naturally trying to cool itself down and that's because blood comes back out through the peripheries goes back to the core gets into work on its in again in your internal so you're in rest and digest then naturally you're not moving either so you're creating less heat so you have less blood out in the in your external limbs, you're creating less heat because you're not moving, so your body temperature drops. If your room temperature is too high, then your inner thermometer, if you like, starts to go, hang on a minute, we're, you know, we're too hot here, let's put blood back out to the external extremities and get it cooled down, which then you might wake up with like restless legs mm. or even like some people wake up with swollen legs. The blood's pooled back out into the legs, not the only reason is temperature, but you're basically taking the body off its normal pattern and eventually it gets to the point where it'll wake you up and it'll say, hey, you know, you need to go and cool yourself down. Maybe you go get a glass of water, you step outside the room, whatever, but it, you'll have a disturbed sleep as well. I think that's another good point here is you might be getting eight hours of sleep, but you might not be getting a good amount of deep sleep or REM sleep, which is when we really do recover. And the things we're talking about is what you get into that deep deep sleep or that REM sleep where you do recover which again is not really something you need an app or a device to tell you but it's something that will help and guide you and I think that's one there that's something that I if I was to like them in some way although I don't trust that they're giving you the right data all of the time I think to create awareness of how you feel when it's told you you have had a lot of deep sleep is is kind of beneficial, but I still hear more people complaining about the results they get and the sleep quality that they're told when they've actually slept really good or feel like they've slept really good and also perform quite well. So it's still a little bit in the balance for me. And sleep studies are so tricky because to get good sleep analysis, proper sleep analysis on your brain, you have to sleep with uh, electrodes on your yeah, head. Yeah. Who sleeps well with anything on their head, yeah. which is why I have a problem with eye masks because Either way, if you move or whatever, it's still something on your face that yeah. will pull you out of a deep, 100%. deeper sleep. Matt Walker, Why We Sleep is probably the best book on sleep. If that's a part of your recovery, you think you are not doing too well in. Let's move on because we spent quite a bit of time on, on sleep. We've understood what sort of recovery is and why we need it. Another big 
area of recovery is food and also what we'll come on to supplements. Talk to us a little bit, mate, about how you go about recovery when it, by using food. Yeah, like it's alongside sleep, it's absolutely one of the most important things around recovery. You're, you should be eating, I think, always with in mind what you're about to do and what you've just done. So if you go, if you go with that rule, which is an old school uh, Mike Dolce rule. Do you ever know him? <laughs> it's like an old school nutritionist from uh, early days of like MMA and things like that. And he had always had a great rule that you should eat for what you've just done or what you're about to do. Yeah. So if you've just done a really hard workout, then you're going to want to be eating for recovering from that. So a nice even split of carbohydrate, protein, fats. If you're going into a workout, then you're not going to want to be taking on a load of fats or too much protein. We focus on the carbohydrates, depending on what kind of workout it is. So if you're always thinking with that in mind and not thinking more on what you're like craving or how you're feeling, that you're thinking more in a practical term, then mm. you can really use nutrition as a, a real powerful tool to help you to recover properly but we don't do we no often after a hard <laughs> workout especially here in dubai you're craving like sweet cold stuff yeah which often isn't you know isn't the best food to be having yeah um and then you take it on board let's say you finish your workout at 9 a.m on a, a saturday morning after a long ride and you get in and like you know it's something cold sweet thinking more like ice cream or stuff like that you're going to eat that and it's not going to give you anything useful to be recovering with. People will argue it's giving you protein from milk and, you know, sugars to replace carbohydrate. That's great. But there's yeah. no nutrients in there, really. There's no micronutrients in there. So there's no quality and it's all synthetic. Yeah, it's like it's it's pretty useless apart from cooling you down and making you feel good for that moment. But you should be planning your meal out. Okay, I've just ridden, let's say, three hours or I've just done a hard CrossFit class on a, on a Saturday morning. I've going to be burnt through some carbohydrates. So we need to get in some, some good carbs that are going to slow burn me for the, for the up until lunchtime. Yeah. Right. So something that's a bit slow release, something that is going to not, if it tastes really sweet, then it's probably going to be very fast acting in your blood sugar, which is not always the best thing. Yeah. You then obviously muscle breaks down proteins, uh, exercise breaks down proteins in the muscle. So we need to look at a protein source and whole sources of protein are probably going to do you better. So we're looking at like eggs or fish, meat, something like that. Then obviously you're thinking, okay, what else have I got through the rest of the day? You're thinking around getting in some nutrients to help you with recovery as well. So if you start to think before you've actually been to the workout, what you're about to do, you'll have a meal plan ready for it. And if you're also thinking, how do you want to feel going into the workout, you'll plan the right meal before it as well. Which I think this is an area where people are often underprepared. Hugely. And even, and these things that we're talking about, the different silos of recovery as we might want to call them, they, they will work with each other and they will also work against each other for worse recovery. So if your sleep's bad and your food's bad, you've got two guys going against you and there's not really much. There's a couple of things that we're going to come on to that, that could be going for you, but you've sort of missed two of them. And so if you've missed two pieces of the puzzle, then we're, we're really going to be in trouble. And people, I think people, yeah, I, I think the preparation... I, I like what you said. I need to check check this guy out, mate, because that's kind of how I think when I'm going into an event, I'm like, right, what do I need to get in and what? And it maybe is a little bit of old school 
carb loading in a way because I'm like, okay, I've got a big event this weekend. So a few days before it, I'll start to take on a lot more fuel because mm. I need to be. Will I eat a massive bowl of pasta the night before? Absolutely no, because <laughs> I don't eat pasta anyway. And it's then it's it's too late anyway, and I'm just causing more issues in my gut. But if I've got something on a Saturday, I'm starting probably Wednesday evening, Thursday up about 5 to 10%, Friday up about 10% and making sure everything passes through. So we're preparing before. And then afterwards, of course, as you said, mate, sometimes to have a, an ice cream is a, is a nice reward, but then it's like, how can I get the right nutrients back in as fast as possible? And the, the, one of the biggest tools to recovery or people aren't using is actually eating enough in their day. Yeah, yeah. If you under eat, whether it's the next day or the day after or the day after, you're going to feel worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And yeah. so often people exercise for reward of food. They then eat a bad food as a reward and then they don't, they skip a meal or they don't eat a meal later on because they're like, oh, but I ate ice cream after exercising. Therefore I'll skip lunch and I'll be fine. I think, and that's more as well about just inhaling useless nutrients or they're not even, they shouldn't even be classed as nutrients. They're just not nutritious at all. Yeah. You're thinking too basic on a calorie level. Yeah. 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 The biggest probably elephant in the room and where we should definitely spend some time is what the market has been, it's ever increasing. And the nonsense research studies are also <laughs> ever increasing. My, early, which is supplements. My earliest recollection of supplements is probably creatine <laughs> to which which in simple terms was, was great for recovery because the basis of creatine is, is a lot of water retention. So that was, yeah. that was kind of helping. And then I think uh, amino acids or BCAAs, beta-alanine and scratchy face and, and, and stuff. <laughs> Give us your, your rundown on consideration of supplements for recovery for, let's try and just say your average Joe. <laughs> yeah, I mean- it's very hard because who's average? So it's very hard to define that. Yeah. You know, let's say who two average people, uh, again, I'm going to use, let's say, okay, come to the gym. You, two average people, one lives 10 minutes away from the gym and the other one lives 40 minutes away from the gym. The guy who lives 40 minutes away from the gym might benefit from supplementing with, let's say a protein shake or some amino acids or... Uh, some creatine. But the guy who lives 10 minutes away, if he'd done his food prep or knows what he's going to get home and eat, he can get in a full nutrient-dense meal within 20 to 30 minutes of finishing his workout. Yeah. Whereas the guy who needs to drive home 40 minutes and then prep his food, he might be an hour before he gets to do it. So the supplement for him is correct. But the guy who lives 10 minutes away, if he walks out the gym drinking a protein shake then gets home and makes a normal meal, he's probably no better off. So... You've just pulled up something there, which people are probably quite interested to to hear about. The timing. <laughs> <laughs> so this Should is the wonderful scan of worms. Wonderful thing about thinking about what you're about to do. So, if the timing, uh, there's so many studies on this. There is no magic window of protein <laughs> oh, timing. Like I think the companies like to tell you that it's about 20 minutes from finishing your workout. But if you go into a workout with good, good amounts of protein from your last two meals, you've got enough free form amino acids floating around that you don't actually require protein immediately. Yeah. 
Um, you're going to need it within an hour or so, depending yeah. on what workout you've done. But actually, and when you understand the basis of muscle breakdown, your muscle breaks itself down to rebuild itself back up. Right. So you break muscle down, the breakdown goes into the blood. You're, you then Your body is not stupid, right? It then takes recycled parts from what it can from that breakdown of muscle and puts it back into the muscle. So when you're eating protein, you're actually just topping up your stores of amino acids that the muscle can go to and take, not immediately. It takes it at a, a later date mm. because you've got to digest it. You've got to go through all your, uh, so it's got to go small intestine. It's got to pull away the fluids. It then goes large intestine. It pulls away the vitamins. So you're, you're breaking down the food. So you don't think the protein that you're drinking when you're leaving the gym is immediately going into your muscles. It does though, mate. Come on, <laughs> I feel massive. <laughs> you might feel good, but there's a whole, there's a whole process to go through first. Let's get off the mainstream or what has been known as the mainstream gym junkie stuff, mate. And I want to ask you, you've been, I would say experimenting, but I think it's longer than an experiment with a supplement for, for I think six to eight months, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, called Unbroken. Yeah. Tell us about that. So this supplement is <laughs> biohacking, kind of, not really. It was first invented for old people in hospitals. Ah, you tick that box. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> it. You, so it was first created uh, to help el the elderly who couldn't digest food well um, to get uh, all 25 free-form amino acids into their bloodstream. Wow. So what this supplement is, is, is an already broken down source of full protein. Right. These guys use salmon, um, Atlantic salmon. You can get other ones. There's one other guy in the US who does a similar product. I don't know where his thing is from, but I think it's also a, a type of fish. What you've got is, uh, is a amino acid supplement that requires almost little to no digestion. So what I just talked about with the muscle breakdown, you're actually bypassing the food breakdown part of that. So as the muscle starts to break itself down in order to build it back up, you can take this unbroken supplement and as you're drinking it, I think it's something like within 3.5 seconds, they've shown amino acids in the blood have started to raise, levels have started to gone up. So your, your muscle is now rebuilding itself with sources of protein from your diet, sources of protein that it's broken down from its own muscle um, breakdown, but also boosted by this source of amino acid in uh, the form of unbroken. We saw, I think it was in 2020 or 2021, Unbroken had Sarah Sigmund's daughter who has been very, let's say, well looked up to in the sport of CrossFit for a number of years. She's not ever won the CrossFit Games. I think she's come on the podium a few times, mate. But the poster girl of, of yeah. CrossFit, she is someone who's massively behind this and, and we've seen it in what, why would someone like her use a supplement like this as well? Because she's, we've talked about average Joe, we're talking about you and we're talking about someone who's like, I mean, you know her quite well, mate. She trains a number of hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she trains a lot. Having had a live with us and also being around here, trains a lot. So I think something like this is probably really valuable to her because this stuff has no calories in it. So you can right. take it during a workout or immediately after 
immediately before and it's like drinking water yeah, it doesn't taste like water but there's no like digestive cost of this so you're you're able to get in a boost of amino acids and the other really interesting part with amino acids it, it, people think amino acids they think of muscle but actually amino acids can help there's 25 of them and each one has its own little role to play um one of them being uh l-tyrosine which i remember introducing to you once i think it must have been on the first into the darkness i was like yeah Try takes, this guy. Take some of this guy. Um, and he helps with uh, like alertness. So it's almost like taking, uh, it's not like taking caffeine, but it does similar things to what caffeine does in terms of stimulus without the, the cost of caffeine, which obviously stays in your system for a long time and increases um, epinephrine and a few other hormones that you might not want to be using in the afternoons, let's say. Whereas um, tyrosine, you can take it, you can be a lot more alert with it, but you can also switch off when you, when you want to. Um, melatonin, we talked about sleep. This has melatonin in, um, which can help with getting to sleep faster. Um, then it also has in like leucine, which is really the common one. If you find a amino acid supplement, which will only have, let's say four to six amino acids in, you will always find more of leucine put in because that's the one that helps with muscle recovery. Mm -hmm. But this supplement actually has all 25 in. So you're getting a, a real like wide range spectrum in there. And they've also dosed it so that your body is getting in like the right amounts of what it needs. So a little bit more leucine, let's say, than uh, like tryptophan. Tryptophan sends you to sleep too much of it. <laughs> Christmas turkey, have a nod off. Um, so people are taking this, it was for muscle regeneration. So there's a bit more leucine in there than say tryptophan, but there still is tryptophan in there because the amino acids, they come as a, the best way to get them in is as a whole uh, profile, if you like. And this is what this does, but you don't have the cost of digesting it. So I'd imagine for Sarah, she uses it um, during workouts and then also in the morning and in the evenings as well. It's interesting because another couple of guys are also over on, on the Unbroken website, CrossFit guys who, if you think about what these guys do, the hours they train and the, the varied aspects of fitness that they cover, they have to have some capacity to run, to row, to cycle, whilst also to be able to perform gymnastics and, and lift heavy barbells. And Bjorgvin, Carl Goodmanson is, is a great example because he can, he can basically do everything. And something that he says, which is quite interesting, I don't know if this is done on purpose, but they both say something quite similar, which I want to read out. It's not only that I, Bjorgvin says, it's not only that I feel much more recovered the day after, but this also boosts my training. I can push so hard since it takes me such a short time to fully recover between sets and intervals. The stuff is magical. Sarah says it's hard to explain, but it, which is, <laughs> that suits Sarah, but it feels like I recover while I train and that I can push harder than, than ever. The day after my heavy training feels so much better too. The stuff is something else, which is, it's interesting that their ambassadors are, a lot of their ambassadors or spokespeople are in the sport of CrossFit, which we know really puts a lot of load on people and it's what a lot of our community do i mean these those of you that have listened to the first part of the show how many people listen to the first part of the show where i actually announce stuff and sponsors these guys are sponsoring our team that have gone to semi-finals so those guys are using it as well and as you said mate you've been using it for quite some time i think it's probably you can probably correct me if i'm wrong but it's probably the longest supplement that you've used on a on a long long basis if that makes any sense i didn't quite get that out in the yeah. right way i use uh fish oil all the time 
Yeah. And then this, yeah, it's probably up there. I think uh, vitamin D as well, also mm-hmm. a big one. But the other thing I find with this and what really caught my eye with it when um, they first asked me to have a look at it was the amounts of um, zinc uh, and vitamin B, B12 that it yeah. has in it. And these are things that we actually can sweat out. So an uh, electrolyte, Electrolytes are important to replace the minerals that we sweat out. But again, different supplements have different dosages of them in. So if you buy an electrolyte supplement, you're probably going to find quite a lot of sodium and potassium, but you might not find so much zinc, um, vitamin B, magnesium would be another one. This doesn't, I don't think it has a lot of magnesium in, but so w- I'm getting in. So every morning I use this and every evening and I'm, I know I'm getting in my recommended daily amounts of zinc and vitamin B12 which is like solid straight up and yeah. I sweat a lot obviously because yeah. of, of training so I need to replace that someone who's not sweating a lot maybe they don't need to but what I notice is I just feel um, less susceptible to illnesses like mm-hmm. get ill less I don't feel I feel more on a, a level playing ground every day when I'm taking it consistently you're not going to take this and feel like Superman yeah you need to take it for like six weeks seven weeks i think that's one one thing mate sorry to jump in there but a lot of people will think you know you read an article about magnesium you take magnesium and you think you're going to feel different you read an article about zinc you're going to take zinc you read an article about (laughs) you know not eating and it's the same or not drinking eating and drinking dairy and you know you, you don't know what you've experienced here is the ongoing use of something so you're actually building up some proper dosage over time and generally what i've seen with a lot of people with supplements because supplements can get pricey because people don't look at they're not actually expensive in the grand scheme of thing like if you look at the price tag of unbroken you'd think it was expensive but when you think about all of the stuff that you've just spoken about you save, yeah. it's you, you're actually saving because you're not needing a lot of other supplements as I well i buy this for my mum in the uk she loves it, right? <laughs> Absolutely hates it. I tell her to drink it because <laughs> I believe in all the stuff that's in it. It's so important. To even as we said, it's, this was made for people who couldn't get in enough protein. And yeah. someone like my mom who doesn't eat enough protein, I'm like, just drink this. Just take, take one tablet a day. The dosage says four, but take one because one is better than none. Yeah. And as long as you take that one tablet every day for the next, say, year. Yeah. Then you're going to build up. How a, long has she been on it then? What's it, how's the study going? Like end of... Oh, I think when I started taking this, I started yeah. sending her tubes of it in the UK. Is she feeling better? She doesn't know. She walks the <laughs> dogs three hours a day, right? Yeah. yeah. So she's doing she's yeah. doing all right. Yeah. It's an it's an interesting one. I think for again, if we were to catch some and that's a lot of what I try and do on the show is to try and catch some low lying fruit and give it to people. If there was one supplement to help with recovery that you've seen over the last sort of year or so it sounds like this guy's it. Yeah, I think similar to you, you always got a, your uh, critical glasses on. Mm. Um, there was a point last year for about four weeks where I ran out of this stuff and didn't get new stuff in. Mm. And when I then started taking it again afterwards, I was like, oh, wow, I actually feel, I know I realized I was missing it. And, uh, you know, Boz feels the same. She yeah. she actually feels the difference on the days that she doesn't take it versus she does. Wow. And I said, well, is that because you're drinking a glass of water yeah. straight up in the mornings when you do remember to take it? But she's like, no, I drink the glass of water anyway. I think I might have to just order some. <laughs> Behealthshop.com. It's over there. Slash pages slash unbroken dash RTR. 
there shop. Is, I would give a warning with this though. Okay. It is only 17 calories per tablet. Yeah. Which for some people might be like, oh, amazing. But that's not amazing for actual to be recovered in terms of energy levels. This is a very specific supplement recovering your immune, immune system and muscle recovery amino acid system. But if you don't have the energy in order to actually be recovering and actually get good sleep and actually wake up feeling ready to go, then you can take this all you want, but you need to be hitting your basal metabolic rate mm. plus whatever it is that you're burning in exercise because that's ultimately the, the best way to be recovering. And as they also say on the website here, it is actually cheaper than a cup of coffee. Where are we having coffee? <laughs> I don't know, but they that's what they say. 741 dirhams for 120 drinks is the price. Hey, I can't believe you've not got some uh, discount code. Anyway, we shall move on. We've got a couple of other areas of recovery to put together. One thing that I do know, which is in the next area, is you have a modified ice... A deep freeze, what do I want to call it? Chest <laughs> freezer. Accident waiting to happen. Uh, just about to blow you up on your balcony at any time. Talk us through some ice, mate. What's your thoughts? Why have you done that? Yeah, I think the, there's obviously a bit of a, a hype around ice the last few years. Um, I got it because I've used, I, I mean, anyone who used to play rugby in the UK you know what it's like to be cold on a Sunday but anyone who knows what it's like to jump in one of those ice baths after the game you you do get a feeling that you're you do recover a bit faster there's so much mixed evidence on it but <laughs> from what what I read around it and what I believe and what my experience with it is using them since you know 16 17 years old is your you get a much better um, blood flow. So you're yeah. obviously when you get in, blood shoots out of the muscle, heads back to your core. If as long as you stay in there long enough, you get enough rate of that happening. You then get out, you start to warm up, blood pulls back into the muscle and you feel good for it. Some people argue that that is because of the adrenaline, the dopamine that you get from jumping in something very cold that says, oh my God, this is cold. You need to get out. <laughs> That's why it feels really good to jump in a, a nice cold lake, but you soon want to get out yeah. really fast afterwards. So I think that is one way but if you respect the protocol of it which is normally anywhere from five to eight to ten degrees of water and mirror that with time so if you've got a five degree tub spend five minutes in it if you've got eight degree spend eight minutes ten degrees spend ten minutes that's a pretty good marker um, to stay in there not to a point of shivering so you don't want to be in a point where you're actually in a tensed muscle place you want to try and be able to be relaxed um, you do a whole load of deeper level um, like things to your hormones. So you start to secrete uh, what they call cold shock proteins, which do a load of stuff for like oxidative damage and a deeper level neurological repair. Uh, you do things like you start to lower your core body temperature, which is an excellent thing to have if you're living somewhere like here in Dubai. Mm. Um, because if our, obviously our core temp gets too high your body starts to go and shut down other areas and make you feel not so great so lowering core temperature in the, the day is really good um you don't want to do it too close before you sleep because you'll then your body goes the other way and starts to try and raise the core temperature and then obviously we've already discussed you don't want a high core temperature when you're sleeping so this ice baths are great to do like mid-afternoon we also don't want to do them immediately post-exercise because actually post-exercise, you want the inflammatory response that you've just worked hard to get. 
Um, and a lot of people think, oh, it feels really good to jump in post-exercise, but that's probably just for yourself to cool down. You actually want to let the muscle leave it alone. The muscle is doing everything it can to get stronger from what you've just done to it. So wait at least three to four hours, then go jump in the tub. So most people who work out in the morning go for a mid-afternoon ice tub, spend, as I said, if it's five degrees, five minutes, eight, eight, ten, ten, and then see how you feel in the evening. But most likely you feel a little bit better for it so long as you actually relaxed going in and not like uh, Jeff when he went in mine <laughs> at home, if you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure he's been back since, mate. No, he hasn't. <laughs> that was an old tub anyway. It's gone now. We've upgraded. Upgraded, more safety precautions ignored, and it's nicely placed on, on your balcony. I think as well, there's a, there's a sign ice baths is a lot more than just muscle recovery. You can actually do a lot with your breathing within it. Yeah. And the, you know, it's like having a, a to-do list. They say start with the small things and start getting the ball rolling. I see that with people in ice baths is if you can sit in an ice bath for eight minutes, you suddenly get this feeling of, wow, I can do so much more. I can do a lot of things, yeah. And that, that is the dopamine and it is the the, uh, the adrenaline you get from it. Yeah. But is that such a bad thing? Yeah, I I agree, mate. That's that's sort of my take on, on ice. I, I feel incredibly cold when I get out <laughs> for a long time. Do I feel better? Sometimes, yes. Obviously, I like what you say and I understand and I appreciate it. And I think it's healthy to bring the core temperature down. But then the next day I go out and shoot it straight back up again. But I'm, we, we're getting a window of, of recovery. But sometimes I, I think there's a lot of a lot of mindset, which we're going to come to in, in just a second as well. But I think that's not, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's quite the, a good test. There's a correlation between the more you can get your core temperature up or down. And yeah. again, we're not talking high here. We're talking like points of a degree. Yeah. But the more you do that, the better it is for your immune system. Yep. So saunas are really good. Yeah. Ice baths are really good. Being normal temperature is really good. It all depends on when you use it and making sure you get different stresses at different times. That actually makes your immune system stronger. Two more elements of recovery that we should cover off. A lot of people ask or talk about stretching and mobility. What's your 60 seconds on that? Do it. The best thing you can do is stick to a consistent flexibility, mobility routine. Mm. I would not say there are any magic bullet of stretches out there. Do the ones that you feel good to do. Do the ones that help you relax. Do the ones that alleviate tightness in joints or muscles and do it consistently. I think the last bit is is the key. I think people generally just address or stroke, take care of that stuff when they have a problem yeah. or when they're feeling burnt out, run down, or all the things we spoke about sort of at the top of the show there. I think something consistently if it's 10 minutes a day five minutes a day 20 minutes a day for the last two to three years i've woken up and done five minutes on waking every day mm. and then i've tried four times a week my goal is four out of seven days to do a further 20 minutes and do i feel i think it's a bit like supplements <laughs> do, do you feel a massive difference no but i i can move better this time this year than I could this time last year. So I think that's a... There's another part to it is stretch, trying to do something on your phone or yeah. watch something. Yeah. And then stretch without that. Mm. There's a whole 
mark difference as well. So it's think- quite interesting because some days I quite enjoy, especially when they're cycling on, quite enjoy watching something. But some days I'll do it in silence. Some days listening to something. Some yeah. days just weird for some people it might sound but just sort of yoga pipe music just to relax i think and i think that's one thing that people need to get right with stretching and mobility the first part of it is actually to be in a relaxed state and that's why a lot of well that's why a lot of yoga or all of yoga really starts with some breath work to put us into some sort of relaxed state and if you're not then you're really there's too much tension in the muscle you're actually you're what we'd say in English, pissing in the wind. Yeah. So it's just it's, uh, useless. Your mate, Andy Irish, he tells me he gets so worked up before he stretches because he knows how inflexible he is. Yeah. So I'm like, stop, stop doing, doing it. Stop doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Or try, I'll sit in this pose and check my messages. Yeah. That won't work either. They say the best stretch is the one you're not doing. So <laughs> if you've sat one way for 20 minutes, just slightly change the way you're sitting and sit there like that for five minutes. Yeah. That's okay. That's, that's yeah. stretching. That's, it's true. that's mobility. Yeah. And the final bit towards this is is mental recovery, mate. Any thoughts on mental recovery? What that could look like? Yeah, <laughs> um, I think the probably the best way to term it would be like decompressing your mind. Yeah. So if you have a lot of things on your mind, imagine that as being compression. I always imagine them as being layering on top of your head. And by writing them down, by talking to someone, by talking to no one, talk at the wall, just being able to offload them from the top of your mind, decompressing it, uh, just has an unmeasured effect of helping with recovery. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I think we probably have come and we might spend the least time on the thing that's probably the most important in all of this. But I think all of these other things, obviously sleep, food are very important, but the other fancy stuff of what yoga routine to follow or what the latest mobility is or what the latest devices are all way after. And to a certain extent, supplements, sorry. I know they're a food, but they probably come second or behind mental recovery and actually being able to what we hit on there with stretching have your mind and body clear if you've got a whole load of things on your mind then there's pretty good chance you're not gonna recover and that's where we started the show as well recovery is not just from training it's it's from living as well so if you're not taking care of things and you don't feel that you have a light mind then that's definitely gonna impact your recovery That's probably a whole other show. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Six weeks or six months time, mental recovery. (laughs) Mate, that's nearly an hour. That'll do for recovery. Otherwise, people are going to have to book in a recovery session or upgrade their stores of unbroken supplements to deal with more of our chat. As always, mate, thanks a lot. Some useful ideas. Folks, if you do have any questions for Tom, tw at innerfight.com he loves emails i um, don't remember his whatsapp number but i'll get it for you in the <laughs> next show because he likes those as well <laughs> hey thanks a lot <laughs> yes.